Well, whether it was you or maybe your kids, somewhere along a journey, maybe down to Florida, maybe somewhere else visiting some family, kids in the back going, are we there yet? I remember that tree, are we there? <laughs> it is a question that over long periods of time we begin to wonder. This morning, we may wonder today, where are we? But is the Lord coming back anyway? Is it going to be in our lifetime? Could it be in our lifetime? Are we there yet? Well, friends, I want to talk about that here today. The beginning of this week, I listened to somebody talking about that on YouTube, and, and then the Lord seemed to bombard me with a particular passage coming from different people, always bringing this up. And the more I soaked in it, the more excited I was to share with you today. My friends, when is the Lord coming back? One sign that he has given us. Oh, there's lots of birth pain signs that's about to happen. But God has given us one sign to help us know where we are in the waiting. I know as a kid traveling, celebrating, Kentucky, we're in Kentucky now. Tennessee, we're almost there. <laughs> It's nice to know, my friends, but the, the biggest sign that the Lord has given to us is the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel. And there are things that he has said about that. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 23, you're welcome to turn there or just follow with me here. In Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 to 39, here we are, gaining the, at the end of this book or moving to the end of the book and Jesus addressing his disciples and looking at the nation of Israel, standing there in Jerusalem, knowing that they have rejected God, that they had rejected the Son of God who was living right there among them. The signs were clear. Remember one of the times that Jesus rebuked the leaders he says, you can tell the seasons and you can tell the, what the temperature's going to be and what the weather's going to be like because you look at the signs. But all the signs are here that I am here, the Messiah has come, the Son of God is in your presence. And you missed it. And here in Matthew 23, he, Jesus lays out seven woes. Whoa. We come to verse 37. Jesus says this famous passage, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those are sent to it. How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You want to know when I'm coming back? When Israel comes to faith in Jesus. Well, that doesn't seem to have happened recently, does it? 
If you watch the news at all, there's some horrific, horrible, horrible things happening in that part of the world. But I'll tell you that, for Israel to come to faith in the Lord, got to be back in the land. And this begs the question, how will Israel be restored to the land and back to the Lord? And Ezekiel chapter 34 through 39 answers this question. Yeah, we're going to summarize. Just relax. (laughs) Yeah. It answers four different questions. And we're going to look at the four questions that, uh, that the Lord answers in this passage. Starting in chapter 34 of the book of Ezekiel in verse 11. Who's going to restore the nation of Israel back to the land? Well, verse 34, 11 in the book of Ezekiel reads, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among the sheep that I have been scattered. So will I, so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. And I will feed them with good pasture on the mountain heights of Israel, shall be their grazing land. And there they shall lie down in the good grazing land. On the pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. And that picture of laying down, you know when sheep lay down? When they're satisfied. You see what the Lord said over and over again in this passage? You know who's going to bring Israel back to the land? The Lord says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. Now we're going to skip chapter 35 because chapter 35 is a prophecy against the Ammonites. But when we come to chapter 36, we, real, we learn why God is going to restore Israel back to the land. It even tells us how it's going to happen. So in chapter 36, we'll jump in in verse 17. The reason that one day all Israel will be restored to the land is because of his name's sake. This is a sad, sad part of Scripture, my friends to read what the people of God did to the Lord. Verse 17 of chapter 36. Son of man, when the house of Israel lived in their own land, they defiled it by their ways and their deeds. Their ways before me were like the uncleanness of a woman in her menstrual impurity. So I poured out my wrath upon them for the blood that they had shed in the land for the idols with which they had defiled it. I scattered them among the nations, and they were dispersed through the countries in accordance with their ways and their deeds. I judged them. But when they came to these nations, wherever they came, they profaned my holy name. They became a story to be told. 
of how the Lord brought them into this land, this good land. My friends, I'm not reading right now. I'm commenting. You're wondering, hey, what translation's that? <laughs> and the story they told is, well, we couldn't stay in the land because we weren't worthy of it. We had dishonored God over and over again. Look at verse 20. But when they came into these nations, wherever they came, they profaned the holy name, and the people said of them, these are the people of the Lord, and yet they had to go out of their land. What kind of God is that? They couldn't keep them in their land. But I had concern for my holy name, verse 21, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations to which they came. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will validate or vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. And so the Lord will restore Israel. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. Oh, wait a minute. I can show you Israel on the map. Did, did you know that up until a few years ago, there were more Jews in the United States than there were in Israel? 15 million Jews in the world today. About 7 million in Israel. They ain't back yet, friends. They're not back yet. And so how's the Lord going to do it? How will the Lord do it? Well, we continue on here in verse 24 of chapter 36. It's going to take a work of God, my friends. Did you know this? Listen to this. This is astounding. For 1,700 years, there were no Jews in Israel. Uh, maybe a, a few dozen here, a hundred there. But there was no nation of Israel. You see, God had scattered this, this, this people. And they were all over the country. That Israel exists today is astounding. I mean, name me another country that has just been dispersed among the nations, no one in the land, there's no government, there's no people. They're just dispersed. Name me another nation that has experienced that. There isn't one. Do you know any Philistines today? You got any Philistines in your neighborhood? They don't exist today. You say the same thing about Vikings. I'm not talking about the Minnesota kind. I'm talking about those people, they, they were assimilated into other countries and disappeared. It is, it is astounding. It is astounding. 1,700 years. You know how it happened that there even is an Israel today? In the late 1800s, Theodore Herzl began the Zionist movement, a return back to Mount Zion, back to the land. Didn't go very far. 
until the early uh, 1700s. <laughs> Lord Balfour of England, in the early 1700s, he wrote the Balfour Declaration, where the Western nation said that Jews ought to have a homeland. There ought to be a place for them. And that didn't go very far either, but the seeds were planted. And in the early 1940s, well, you know your history. Adolf Hitler slaughtered five million Jews, including two million children. And the nations of the world were shocked. As were you when you first learned about it. How can there any be anyone that could be so demonically evil to destroy a whole people? Hmm. So the United Nations, for the first and maybe the only time, ever voted something positive for the nation of Israel. They needed a land area. And in 1948, there were 630,000 Jews in the land of Israel. This ought to make you go, whoa, we are living in a time for 1,700 years, there, were no, there was not Israel. Only Jews scattered through the world. And in 1948, something that hadn't happened for 17 centuries happened. We are living in this era. You may not have been alive. If you were, you may not remember it because you were still learning to walk. I don't know. Israel is the timepiece. And they're back in the land. And that, my friends, is a work of God. It is a work of God. How astounding that a nation gone from its land 17 centuries is now back in it, just as God said. So, my friends, it'll take a work of God. And it is happening even as we sit here this morning. People are making aliyah. You know what that word means? It means it's a Hebrew. It means the ascent. It, it is the, the description. This word describes Jews from all over the world going back into Israel. And Israel has laws on the books. You come here, you're a Jew, you instantly become a citizen, you serve in our military, you have the right to vote, the right to our health care, the right to all of it. Just come home. And it's happening from 630,000 to 7 million. And if you look up the stats on the growth of the nation of Israel, it continues. Everybody that packs their bags and heads home is one more drop in the bucket of God completing his work of restoring the nation of Israel. And so all of Israel will be physically restored to the promised land Verse 24, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all of the countries and bring you to your own land. And we talk about the land of Israel, and if you look on a map, it's like about the size of New Jersey. Well, that's what it is right now. But when God gave the promise of a land, it was a whole lot bigger, my friends. 
It includes part of Egypt, Jordan, Lebanon, Syria, and even part of Iraq. And Israel has never, they have never occupied that land, but they will. Not even the glory days of David and Solomon where the kingdom was huge and powerful and healthy. They've never occupied it, but they will. And you know why? Because God said so. And not only that, my friends, it will be God that is doing it. It is happening right now. God will physically restore all of the Jews back to the land. And when that happens, my friends, you'll notice that there is a, a procedure here. There are steps. This happens, then this happens. See, in verse 25, we're still in uh, chapter 36 here. We read, and then I, that's the Lord, will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from your uncleanness. And from all of your idols I will clean you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. And I will deliver you from your uncleanness. You know what he's talking about here? All Israel will be saved. Just as Paul wrote in the book of Romans, he's going to bring them back, and then he's going to save their souls. You're reading about their entrance into the new covenant that we celebrate once a month. It's recorded in Jeremiah 31, a new covenant that the Lord makes with the nation of Israel and all those who put their trust in him. And then Israel will be blessed of the Lord, my friends. Notice here, as we continue in verse 29, the end of 29 here, and I will summon the grain and make it abundant and lay no famine upon you. Little reminder, see that word famine? The only time that Israel experienced famine was when they had sinned and God was disciplining them. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, he said, Obey me and I will bring the early and the latter rains and all oh, the crops will be bumpers every time they grow. But if you sin, I'm going to hold them back. And those crops ain't going to grow and you're going to get hungry and you're going to remember your sin. The discipline of God. Well, after 36 comes 37 in my Bible. I'm guessing the same is true of yours. Chapter 37 is a fascinating chapter. We're going to summarize that here this morning. In chapter 37, the Lord gives Ezekiel an illustration of what he's about to do. You know that song? Dem bones, dem bones, dem dry bones. That's where this comes from right here. He shows Ezekiel a valley of dry bones, very dry bones. And these dry bones represent Israel. This nation that for 17 centuries, there was no place on the map for them. Yeah, I remember reading about those guys in the Bible. Whatever happened to them, anyway? But right here in the era in which you live, 
God is at work. It's happening right now. You say there's a scale, 1948, all of the Jews coming back, to what point? Where are we on the scale? Are we way over here? Are we on the edge? Take a look and see what's going on in the world, my friends. And you might ask the question, so what's going to bring all of Israel back to the Lord? It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a big battle. And here in verse 30, or chapter 38, verse 1, we see the, the God's role in this battle. He's the instigator and the deliverer, deliverer. The word of the Lord came to me and said, Son of man, set your face toward Gog and the land of Magog. Uh, that's Russia. People north of Israel. If you look at Israel on the map straight ahead, Moscow directly from the north. You know what's south of Russia? The Ukraine. Go ahead, check the news, friends. See what's going on in that part of the world. Why is the Russia at war with the Ukraine? Take a look. Things are happening. Son of man, set your face toward Gog in the land of Gog, Magog, the chief priest the prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy, prophesy against him, and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn you about, and I will put hooks in your jaws, and I will bring you out and all your army, horses and horsemen, and all of them clothed in full armor, a great host, all of them, with buckler and shield, wielding swords. Look at here, verse 5. Who's going to be there? Persia. That's Iran. Persia changed their name in 1930s to Iran. Cush and Put are with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Gomer and all his hordes, Beth to Garmouth, for the uttermost parts of the north with all his hordes. Many people are with you. Be ready and keep ready, you and all your hosts that are assembled about you, and be a guard for them. You see, God is going to bring this great, great, great army all to the door of Israel. And who's going to be in it? Well, we know Russia, Turkey, Iran, Sudan, Libya, Algeria, Tunisia, all of these nations today desire to wa wash Israel right off the map. Many of these nations already, it is codified in all of their laws to kill the Jews, to wipe them off the map. Why the skirmish today? It seems that these constant attacks, the bombing right now of Hamas, Perhaps it's setting up a time for someone to arise, someone who makes deals, someone who will put together a covenant of peace for the nation of Israel. You know what happens then, my friends? We're in the tribulation. Seven years, my friends, the first three and a half years, peace and safety. Remember that from our study in 1 Thessalonians? 
When they are saying peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them. Setting the scene, my friends, like a play, all of the furniture is on the stage, all of the pieces here and there. You better get ready. You better get ready, friends. And so he's going to bring all of these people this coalition of nations. But look at verse 18. But on that day, the day that Gog shall come against the land of Israel, declares the Lord God, my wrath will be roused in my anger. For in my jealousy and in my blazing wrath, I declare on that day, there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. Did you know that the land of Israel is directly on one of the major fault lines, you know, where earthquakes take place, big ones. Earthquakes, that's a pretty regular thing in Israel. There are going to be a great earthquake in the land of Israel, and the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and the beasts of the field and all the creeping things that creep on the ground and all of the people who are on the face of the earth shall quake at my presence. And the mountains shall be thrown down, and the cliffs shall fall, and every wall shall tumble to the ground. And I will summon, I will summon, bring them all together, a sword against Gog and all of the my mountains, declares the Lord. Every man's sword will be against his brothers, with pestilence and bloodshed will enter the judgment and I will rain upon him and his hordes. And the peoples who are with him, torrential rains and hailstones, fire and sulfur. So I will show my greatness and my holiness and make myself known in the eyes of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord, that I am God. Today we live in a world where, yeah, there's like this pantheon of gods. You got the, this one for that country and that one, and oh, they worship of this one, and as if they're all on the same level. But there will be a day when everyone will know the truth. The Lord, He is God. He's going to reign forever and ever, my friends, and they will know it. Take a look at the result of this battle. This is in chapter 39. Told you we're going to go through all of them. You're like, man, he went fast. Right? Chapter 39 and verse 21. And the result of this will be this. And I will set my glory among the nations, and all the nations shall see my judgment that I have executed, and my hand that I have laid on them. And the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. The reason for the tribulation period is the salvation of Israel. There will be a great battle, and the Lord will return. And he will institute his kingdom for a thousand years on this earth. And you say, where are we? Are we there yet? You know, Jesus, after laying all of this truth from chapter 24, 25, 
laying out all of these future events to his disciples. You know what he said to them? Three applications. The day of the return of Jesus is closer than it ever has been before, my friends. And in light of these truths, you must, you must ask yourself these three questions. Because you've heard it over and over again, but now you see it differently. You see that God is at work bringing it about. It's not just this hidden mystery, oh, it might happen today. But you see it happening before you. Three questions. Are you prepared? Should the Lord Jesus come today? Will the first thing on your mind be, oh, I wish I had had time. I would have repented of my sin. I would have gotten busy with the things of the Lord. I would have talked to my neighbor, my family, about Jesus. Are you prepared? about this? Are you living in expectation of the return of Jesus? Trumpet's going to sound, and boom, we will be gone. Twinkle of an eye, 17 times faster than a wink. That's how fast it's going to happen. Do you order your life with his activities and choices, with the appearance of Jesus in mind? Are you living like Israel, who shamed his name among the nations? Or are you living well? Jesus gave six parables following his teaching about these things in Matthew. And in chapter 25, he told a parable of the talents. Lord was going to go away, and he, so he left this man so many talents, uh, coined money, and this guy, and this guy, and the guy with five made ten, and the guy with two made another two on top of it. But there was a third, a third servant, and he was called a wicked servant. And you know what made him wicked? He says, surely my Lord delays his coming. It won't be today. I got all kinds of time. And are you doing the business for the Lord? Are you being faithful with what he has called you to do? What you know in your head and in your heart you ought to be doing today? Get at it. Blessed is the servant who is found faithful when his Lord returns. Oh, friends, is it my concern today to make the Lord look good to the lost, to live well before the lost in the world? You know, Israel's idolatry shamed the name of God. The God who had called them, made this nation, built this nation, preserved this nation. How many times they walk in, say, let's make our own God. Golden calves. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Everybody bring in some jewelry, put it together. This will be our God. 
You know what the great thing about making your own God is? That God does whatever you want. I want to do this. My God said it's okay. Stop making your own gods and serve the Lord your God. Don't shame his name, friends. If you're doing something now, a habit, a practice that you know is a shame to God, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. We know not when our master will return. Oh, but we know it soon. The evidence is everywhere. Are we there yet? Soon, my friends. Father in heaven, we thank you for your, your goodness to us. We thank you for your word that tells us these things that we can read and study and know and have wisdom and live our life accordingly. Even now, I'm certain that the Spirit of God has been poking at some hearts here today. Perhaps in light of this knowledge, the first thing we ought to ask is, are you in Jesus? So, Father, if there is someone here among us, they know the lingo, they know the talk, but they don't know you. Oh, God, draw them to yourself today. Give them the faith to believe that their lives and eternities might be changed in our midst. Help us, God. Things we know we ought to do that we put off like that wicked servant who says, the Lord delays his coming. Oh, help us, Father. Help us. Convict us by your Holy Spirit. Empower us to live well. Show us the way, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.